1: Hello and welcome to episode 452 of the Slow Ride Podcast. It's September, and this is Tim in Orlando.
2: Hey, this is Matt in America. Woo! <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh this is Spencer in Massachusetts. Even better than America. Yeah. And I mean. guys, I am um, <laughs> Happy to announce, just as I predicted last week, Sep Cus uh-huh. is champion of the world. Uh-huh. He has won the Vuelta in dominating fashion, hmm. uh, and uh, all is right. Uh, I send, listen, am not going to go firework. back and listen
2: to the tape, but I some listener don't will go write back in and listen and, to the tape and check on that because well, I don't think that's true.
1: We did get a great email um, from friend of the pod, Partain. The Sep Cuss Real Controversy. I finally got to last week's episode of the Slow Ride Podcast, and of course, there's a ton of Sep talk. I keep hearing announcers on TV pronounce Sep Cuss, last name as Coos. On the pod over and over again, I hear Cuss. At first, I thought it was just Tim thing, but it seems all three of you have adopted this Florida man-inspired mispronunciation. (laughs) I know there's plenty of controversy around September. But this needs to be addressed first. Mm-hmm. By the way, if there's any doubt on how to pronounce it, here is Sep pronouncing it himself. He wouldn't know. At which he says explicitly, "Sep, goose." So okay, it okay. It well, is now the goose bus, which yeah, doesn't that doesn't work.
2: make that doesn't work. Yeah, you're right. The goose bus doesn't work. So yeah, he's the goose. He could be the goose caboose, but that doesn't work either because he won. He's not the, lan- the Lantern Rouge or whatever, so.
0: The reverse caboose.
2: Yeah. The Coos reverse caboose? Something like that. Yeah, that rolls we'll off the We'll workshop zone. it. Yeah, we'll workshop yeah. that. The KRK. <laughs> so, it's better
0: than the Coos. The Coos goose is my favorite. Um, the Coos moose also works.
2: If he was Canadian, he could be the Coos goose, but we don't want anything to do with Ugh. those gooses.
1: They're mean. So Yeah. Sepp C- C- Coos now is America's favorite son. Um, a great yeah. job for Sepp Coos. Um, a fair amount of controversy during the, the week. <laughs> just a teeny bit. I think brought just a teeny bit. Uh, so where shall we start? I mean, first I off. Don't even know. When we went to press last week, it was just a rest day. The next day, it was rest day. Everything mm-hmm. was going fine. And then mm-hmm. the first day back, it's well, Vingard it, and roglitch attacking Sepp They're just following the
0: playbook, you know, that was set out so many years ago by a uh, um, uh, little known cycling documentary, um, Mean Girls, um, mm-hmm. where the plastiques, uh, you know... Um, they wore pink on Wednesdays and so the Fantastiques were like no we wear red on Wednesdays and uh, they wanted to get the red jersey uh-huh. off of uh, off of the Spruce Moose Canadian Goose and uh, they couldn't do it um, they tried though and it looked legit that they both working together tried to crack America but you know what <laughs> these colors don't run
2: <laughs> wow there's a lot in there <laughs> I don't know what happened. They didn't. They, they didn't really work together. It was more like Roglic trying to assert dominance, Vingard trying to assert dominance, Coos being almost Canadian in his in his ability to be like, "It's okay, guys, go ahead." eh?
0: the spruce moose.
2: But eventually, he found his true American eagle, and he said, "No, I'm the leader." <laughs>
1: it, did you like the argument that people were making that <laughs> it was clear that they needed to attack Sepkus because because uh, Landa was bringing uh, Koos back? So it just showed that Koos didn't have it in the legs.
2: <laughs> because Landa, because if Landa was doing, I don't.
1: It, yeah. So I mean, I how embarrassed. I thought it was disgusting. It was. And I'll just weird. say the reason why is they, Sepp Sepkus over many Grand Tours, of which Roglic and Vingard have won. Koos has been there, and at times had to dial it back for them. Yes. The loyalty he has shown them is next level, and for the team to even allow this kind of thing to happen when the three members of the podium were decided well before this type of attacking was going on. Like, they didn't need to do it to still get all three steps. And clearly, there was a talking to about how... Disgusting, this looks for the sponsors and the team that brought them back to like being rational. And that the real story is the domestique finally gets his day, gets his you th- due. You
0: mm-hmm. think so?
2: Yes, yes,
1: 100%. I think
2: that because the, mm. the narrative of Roglitch and Vingard that people were proposing that like it, it was, it was the fight between them and who wants who's the dominant GC guy in the team between them seemed right. Pretty true. I got to imagine Roglic maybe got some concession that he'll get to go to the Tour next year and and they'll get to do the, two, the two-pronged the two attack at the Tour. Three-pronged, because Koos would be there, too. <laughs> so we'll see. But you know what I mean? they like, he'll get... He won't get full-on leadership, but he'll get a little bit. Because I feel like that's the thing he needs and wants out of his career at this point, is a Tour victory. And that's what he needed to try to assert, that dominance. Or that... You know, sort of dominance. Nobody is dominant on the team. They're all yeah. Nobody so is good. very
0: dominant. Um, I I I feel like uh, the. Um, I'm trying to come up with another nickname. Yeah, yeah, uh it's yeah. failing me. <laughs> it's uh, because, Seventeen
2: metaphors lined up.
0: <laughs> I like Cuss better um, than Coos. Is anyway. Yeah. I don't. I don't think we should be bullied by a different Florida man into. Uh, <coughs>
1: <laughs> yeah yeah well here's the deal congratulations to sep cuss ju- i can't just, i can't do it it's, uh, i'm yeah, just
0: it's glad cool. that uh um, the uk-based media just didn't throw a y on the end like every other nickname they do
1: yeah Ooh, coosey bus boosie <laughs> yeah boosie um i just overall can we just say that congratulations to america's favorite cyclist um, and it is great to see uh Sep take the top step. He looked extremely happy. Yeah, that was great. Um I did check into it. Um he is uh signed through next year. So Tour de France next year. Sep Coos is gonna be the talk of the rest day about where he goes next. Yeah. Um <laughs> I just if I was uh, the director of Trek or any other American-based team that isn't EF, I would be calling um, and getting the funds together to to buy Sepp Goose because he may not have another Grand Tour in him, but he definitely has several top tens and can maybe recaptivate the American cycling public a little bit more so than some of the other um, uh, riders that we're seeing uh, wearing the Stars and Stripes.
0: Do you... Do you think the American public has been captured by the uh Vuelta rapture? Um unfortunately uh, they got no it on the
1: couscous? No, I but I think that I think there's enough people that within the cycling world that I think there's a This was an important first step. This isn't like when Chris Horner won where tired hand. This is someone that is still young that mm-hmm. has more or less cut his teeth in Europe. He did have uh, what a year and a half with a uh, rally cycling. But I mean, you've kind of got a situation here where 29 year old comes in, been flying under the radar for the most part, not coming up through the American system and just here he is dominating, winning f- a grand tour.
0: Wasn't he on gateway? I think he was on he gateway. He was on gateway for um, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's a uh, no. pretty, pretty much the American scene. Um, and Is a Devo a team? team at that. Nah. Yeah, they've uh, written into the
1: podcast quite a bit, and are big supporters. Oh, you're talking... Wait, Gateway out of St. Louis? Yeah. The Harley? Yeah, he oh, was they, on that. Oh, I didn't know Sepp was on that. All right. A little bit different. I thought you were talking about the Gateway crit in St. Louis. The little guy keeps saying he wants to go do, but he can't.
2: No, I don't. I don't. Um, I did. I tried my Gateway time. No.
1: Okay. So... Yeah, Sepp Kuss. Congratulations. Durango Zone. Um, Other things that came up in the uh, Vuelta for me. So first off, all three Jumbo um, Grand Tour uh, wins. Is this one of the greatest seasons in history of a uh, professional cycling team?
2: Yeah, it's got to be up there. It's got to be. It's it's kind of unimaginable. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty bonkers. I feel like because Roglic and Vingard have been so good for so long that it it's not. It doesn't feel unexpected, but yeah,
1: <laughs> it's. So you crazy. have Juro, Tour, Volta, and then <laughs> you've got Tour Britain.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Who? Yeah. To, team.
1: Uh, you got um, Daphne. Yeah, I'm trying to just rank like the and then I mean, who can forget that you've also got Torino Adriatico KBK. I mean, it's a pretty, pretty good year.
2: I mean, yeah, they had you a know? very dominant spring for a while. I mean, they didn't they, won, they didn't win they fighters, boom loop, but like they, they had. <laughs> yeah, they were they were we were we've been talking about them cleaning up like all season long. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. Anyway,
2: yeah, it's pretty huge. Uh, so do we hate them now? Or do we still like them? Oh,
1: we kind of have
0: to. Um, one, have two, to. three, and a Grand Tour podium uh, is grounds for... I think we hate for... the team,
1: but love Supkoos, right? right? Like, eh,
0: yeah, I guess so. It's, it's grounds for it's, dismissal, though, as far yeah, as this podcast is concerned. Yeah, it's hard,
2: because like, I like a lot of riders on the team, right? Like, So mm-hmm. it's hard to fully hate on them, but they are really dominating. I think we should also say we hope I mean, this Nathan Van Hoy, Doug makes a uh, recovery. Like that was part of the crazy thing. It's last week we had this inner team drama and then you have one of their teammates like having a medical issue, not so, at the race. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of. Very true. Everything. Do you at, think that the, all at once for this team,
1: the inner team drama is the saving grace for why we can still like the team. Right? Like, now we can be... Yes. Because in the podcast, Mo would be like, we write this team off now because they win everything. But the problem is they have Sep Coos and they were trying to murder him. His own <laughs> teammates did. were trying to murder him. Yeah, stab yeah. him in the back.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
1: I mean, the memes that were going around, Jumbo definitely changed course. Like, when the memes started going with, like, the Ricky Bobby, like, well, that's great, but uh how am I going to win? Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, <laughs> well... What do you mean, Jonas? You know, like I just... Yeah. Anyway, um, so Coos takes the win. 16th place goes to uh, Augusto Rubio of Movistar, the uh, up-and-coming rider. Uh, <laughs> congratulations to them. Caden uh, Groves, little guy, is this yet another MVDP MVP for Alpician Dukiernik, the Australian rider?
2: Yeah, I don't even remember how many stages he won, but yeah, they, they seem to be able to just uh, sign any old sprinter who maybe seems like kind of middling. And then the next year they're amazing. Like Phillipson Merlier, when he went from no contract <laughs> to being on that team and then getting picked up by whatever the evil death star team. And then, yeah, Groves who was fine before, but now is like smoking. So they're a, they're a sprint factor.
1: So- and then you've got That's, the the best young. Oh, Go ahead, Spencer.
0: Oh no, I'm just saying they they have a good training plan. Yeah. Clearly,
1: he's nodding. The <laughs> best good, good best coach. young rider is from UAE team Emirates, Juan Ayuso. Uh, yeah. Not too bad, I think. What we'll ended up getting fourth? Fourth, okay. yeah. Um, kudos to to them. And then, of course, King of the Mountains winner, Falcon Resplendent in the the blue polka dot shorts. Of course, one Remco pole, eat your heart out, Eddie Merckx, um, with <laughs> Remco taking it to him to win the most prestigious King of the Mountains jersey of his career.
2: Oh, You're really um, taking it to Remco. I mean, dude won like a couple yeah, stages. You know what? No. He almost won today. Yeah. Wait, so you know wait, let's, you know let's you know talk why? about this last because stage.
1: Because he didn't consider, consider Sepcus the real competitor. But guess what? Mess yeah. with the best. You fail like the rest. Yeah. USA back in the house.
2: Well, in the end, Remco is his own worst enemy because he shipped all that time without anybody even attacking him. So Oh uh, what did I you, um, want to say about the last this last stage? I did not watch the final stage because the final stage of a grand tour is generally the most boring thing that could happen. I have paint to watch dry. Did mm-hmm. you guys watch this stage? Live. Absolutely that would be not. a negative. That's There's a negative. Okay, so none of us did. So then when I eventually tuned in later to see eh, you know what happened, Let's see the champagne drunk. Everyone was like, the five <laughs> people that watched it, and that's the everyone, were like, holy cow, this was the most exciting final day of a Grand Tour ever because you had Remco attacking at 38K, you had Caden Groves going with them, you had a group that got caught right at the line, and so it looks like just a regular sprint, but it was from a break. I am wanted to say I'm just bummed that every Grand Tour until now has made... Me not want to watch it because it actually seemed like it was good, but there's no chance I would have ever accidentally stumbled upon it because I've been trained it, it, to never watch the last stage of a grand tour.
0: What you're describing is the final day of a grand tour we all want, yes, all the time at every grand tour, and nobody's brave enough to do
2: it. But they did it today,
1: well,
2: and even like yeah, Remco is, Koros
1: did it that one time,
2: no, Vino did, but like, no, Remco is. 16 minutes down is how he finished. So he was within striking range, like of sneaking into the top ten. So you know somebody yeah. like like, uh, uh, Butrago was tenth, right? So Butrago got a little nervous, right? Because top ten in the Grand Tour, there's some UCI <laughs> points, there's probably some cash bonus in the team contract, and he was just like, oh my god, that as as G calls him, the little bastard, was gonna sneak off. So they made it. They made it exciting, but. I don't think anybody saw it because the last stage of Grand Tour, man. This is not Paris-Nice, where you actually watch the last stage.
1: Yeah. Yeah, very, very true. It was pointed out to me this afternoon by a friend of the podcast, Brendan Gavick, in Atlanta, that Remco, or sorry, the the Quick-Step team jerseys, the Remco Uh team jerseys, if you will, the Sudal Quick-Step, are now at 50% off. (laughs) <laughs> so you can buy the sudal quick step and one must think it has to do with remco's performance that so the team is just like cutting bait on the jerseys
2: like they that, were expecting that, uh, it to, they thought he was going to win and they were going to up the price and now he won the mountains yeah. and he won three stages or whatever i think whatever, they're going they're yeah.
0: like, they
1: ordered extras or, and now they got to move Su- or sudal is pulling their money just saying this just isn't good yeah, can you imagine if you want results like this? We'll just sponsor Total Energy.
2: <laughs> can you guys imagine being Remco? Like the pressure on Remco, dude won the mountains classification. He 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 led the race briefly. He won three stages. He finished second <laughs> one two he, three other times. He finished second by <laughs> anyone else's. He finished 16th on GC. That is a good Grand Tour. That's a that's a epically good grand tour by some people that is like beyond career defining and it's just like Mm -hmm. so written off of like well that's a failure that's all he did he ran over that lady i mean very (laughs) few people were able to do things like that Um, that's true so anyway so i feel uh, feel uh, for the guy a little bit sometimes in that way
0: you're a you're a remco apologist is what i'm hearing that's what i'm hearing (laughs)
2: I just feel like, uh, unfortunately, we're going to get to the end of Remco's career, Look, and people are still going to be like, think... he could have been a little bit better. He could have been world champion yeah. a couple more times. Exactly.
0: Like, if this guy really wants to be the next Eddie Merckx, he's got to step his game up and be able to deal
1: <laughs> with this kind of pressure. It's true. So It's true. <laughs> the Volta is a great race. Sepcus did something that I didn't think anybody was going to be able to do. Because it has been 10 years here since we go. the last American to win a grand tour. Oh, here we go.
0: Yeah, and as yeah. we
1: all know, the last person to win a grand tour representing America <laughs> was one Chris Horner. Yep. Mm-hmm. Chris Horner is 51 years old right now. Still making so a means comeback. That Chris Horner was 41 when he won the Vuelta. Mm-hmm. So I thought, what better way to celebrate? than to play who knows Chris best. Is it the little guy Matt Allen, a bona fide Chris Horner fan, or is it the one and only Dispenser Howe, who is known to ride the hills of Massachusetts with a permanent smile on his face and the outline of some bole sunglasses from the permanent tan that (laughs) is chris horner Mm -hmm. now over the years we have seen great pictures of chris horner including the world famous prime alliance um slash mercury team right around 2001 when he was rocking the full um goatee yeah that was good if you you remember that um gross
0: yeah uh,
1: gentlemen it's time to get down to see who really knows chris best
2: let's do it
1: so in 2013, Chris Horner won the Vuelta. Yes, he was on Radio. Ding Shack. ding ding! True. He was on I Radio Shack. I got a point.
0: Shack. I got a point.
1: He was on Radio Shack Leopard. Okay. And our listeners can play along too. What team signed Chris Horner in 2014 after Boom, winning beep, the Vuelta? Meet
2: meet Lamprey.
1: And what did he accomplish at Lamprey, little guy?
2: He rode the tour with some sort of lung infection and then he had too high a cortisone level and wasn't allowed to restart the Volta. And, and uh, I think we spent the first couple episodes of the podcast me being like, let corner ride, let corner ride.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's that is correct.
1: So he <laughs> he did have the the lung infection. He did end up coming back from the tour and getting second overall at the Larry H. Miller Tour of Utah. And then he have, tried to wrap mm-hmm. up the season uh, in Montreal for the uh the first ever runnings of the um the the back to back up there. Wow. After his last all run, of those memories. What team did he go to in 2015? <sighs> what are they called? 2015. So we
2: famously we we, we so stayed one year a teammate of his winning the Volta. We we hung out with one of his teammates at richmond Mm -hmm. worlds who was like Mm -hmm. 12 years old or something (laughs) i don't know what that guy (laughs) what that kid's name was or if he's still bike racing um i want to say this
0: was oh it was air gas no wasn't there a weird one in between there some like i don't know your your medicine for cats or something
2: it was, um, it was, yeah, it was like lupus or something.
0: <laughs> yes, that's what it is. It was like a disease. The, the lupus so team.
1: Right. His next team in 2015 was Airgas Safeway <sighs> Cycling. And that I was thought of this Air contest Gas. when I was yeah. riding. Lupus um, was after. I was, I was riding my bike down through the industrial area of Orlando today. Looked over to my left, saw yeah. the Airgas dealership. And I was like, ah, oh, you know what? Do you think they're pretty stoked about Chris Horner right now, 10 years on? <sighs> So, yeah, um,
2: gonna do a I forgot, campaign. actually, he
1: went to Lamprey. I forgot he got to went to Lamprey. So, yeah, he went to Airgas, and then immediately after that went to Lupus. Damn. He I then took Chris a two-year Warner. break. He took a two-year break and came back in 2018 for a continental yeah. team.
2: Well, let's just say he took a two-year break because he had, like, a lung infection for, like, multiple years, didn't he? He didn't, like, just, so, like, it was, go yeah, hang so, out and eat McDonald's. So he comes
1: back, and he retired with Team Illuminate. Overall, how many teams did Chris professional cyclist Chris Horner race with?
2: Oh Oof. my god. Oh my god. Okay, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do a little math here.
0: Yeah, this is gonna be great listening material, Tim. Uh, mm-hmm. this is an excellent uh quiz. I'm gonna just pull out uh let's say about five, and then there was a, uh um FDJ in there or something, some French team, and yeah. then there was uh couple of stint in Europe and then he came back and then he had a couple more and then uh, I'm going to say a lucky 13.
2: Yeah, I'm going to say okay. I'll go 12. I'll go 12 just to go it was
1: under the 13. Yeah. Whoa, yes. Good job, Spencer. Good so work. He did make his debut with FDJ in 1997. Then he came back and raced with the Mercury team, Prime yeah. Alliance. Only one year at Team Saturn. I was kind of shocked it was only one year at Saturn before we yeah, went to WebCore. But that was enough to
2: get you to buy the wagon. The it was enough to get
1: me to buy the wagon, because 2003 is when I bought the Saturn wagon. And then yeah. uh, WebCore, and then oh, yeah. Sunyard Duval. Duvall. Now the final question. Okay. As you both know, I am a huge fan of the website Dobology. <laughs> Dobology.org. <laughs> yes. It is the yeah. ultimate site that was created back in the 19, or early 2000s to answer the question of who's the most tested athlete, in particular with cycling, <laughs> it is the ultimate database we'll to see know. who has been impacted, or found guilty, or investigated, or rumors mm-hmm. of doping. Is Chris Horner listed among the 1,200 <laughs> riders on this website?
2: Yeah, of course. Yep. Gonna You're gonna yeah, you for Devall and Radio Shack.
0: Sonia Duvall during the most Sonia Duvall of all yeah. times.
2: Yeah. Somehow he, d- he didn't notice Rico and Peepley and Kobo and Garate all all, all de- I am, horse blood in the answering. corner. <laughs>
1: yeah. I am shocked to report that yeah. there is not a Chris Horner entry on Dopology. How is that possible? It truly is about... I- Reported doping in professional road cycling from 1980 to the present his name was never linked to a case
2: He didn't come out. Yes, stuff? he was on Okay,
1: not listed ah. Around Chris Horner though Danilo Hondo mm-hmm.
2: Well, yeah, that was barely
1: Johnny <laughs> Hoogerlin and then Pedro Herrillo so Chris Horner to my own shock, yeah. and to your own shock, self-professed Chris Horner number one fans. Not listed. Now, naturally, there is a bonus round question. Oh, good. Okay. You may remember that your co-host, the star of the show, the super rookie Tim Hayes, yeah, mm-hmm. famously, famously got yes. Chris Horner... Yep. to sign a skin suit mid-race at yep. Jingle Cross.
2: Yeah, sounds like you're the number one fan. but
1: It does. does. Does Tim Hayes still have the Chris Horner skin suit?
2: I'm going to say yes, I but I feel like it should be on the wall behind you, so I'm a little nervous because there's a lot of cycling memorabilia behind him. Listeners can't see this, and I do not see a gross old skin suit so
0: i think tim does not have the skin suit but he does have this signature he has cut out Mm. a segment of the skin suit to keep it because tim does not throw away memories and has it somewhere but he did not want the old stinky skin suit
1: spencer you know me so well after all these years of the podcast, yes, I do have the signed um, Chris Horner. I will try my best to get the photo up on the Instagram. It's in the garage. Um, I was thinking about it, but, yes, I did cut the panel off the skin suit because I didn't need that smelly skin suit around anymore that saw so many victories.
0: Um, Bonus but, round, baby. Yes. Took, nice. you, so, to, took you to school, we little guy.
1: What a wonderful <laughs> start and congratulations <laughs> to Sepcuse for reminding us of the greatness that is Chris Horner. Now Chris Horner can go back to his corner and wait till Sepcuse does it again next year with the back-to-back <laughs> Volta win. Yeah. So that's we've got that's going to hurt.
2: More- this doesn't hurt Chris, but that's going to hurt. If Sep gets to <laughs> race oh, yeah. the Volta yeah, yeah. again, that's that's where it hurts. You know, Jumbo could do the funniest thing ever, which is <laughs> which is not let Sepkus race again, the Volta again. That would be <laughs> <laughs> the worst so thing and have... just the like, funniest thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we have a slew of listener email to go to, but before we get to the pre Lap, um, our favorite weekend of the year was this past weekend, and that was Shawamigan. Um, oh, congratulations yes. to uh, Alexi Vermilion for taking the men's win and then on the women's side, it was Ruth Winder?
2: Winder, yeah.
1: Um, so pretty awesome to see overall. I will say this that uh, Lifetime did their best to um mess Model? up the, the the sprint finish. Did you did you oh, both beans. or either of you see yes. the finish no. Of the race. What that happened? was Ruth that was Ruth Edwards that won. Apologies. Ruth Edwards. Oh, okay. uh, to win. So net na- so n- now they start the racers, the pros, after the amateurs, right? The amateurs go and then right. about two and a half hours later, the men's the men and women start. Now the men and women tend to do right around two hours. Famously the race has broken the two hour um time limit a few times but usually it's right right around 2 hours 10 minutes and a little bit under Alexi Vermilion did it at 2.03 okay well as Alexi was coming down the finish line famous finish line into the finishing bowl on all the hills there's the moto that's identifying the race leader and there's a pack of like 10 to 12 riders like it's a full on now the goodness the good news is is that the Berkey course and the the Schwamigen course is like eighty feet wide. Like there's She's tons so of room yeah. to like for the sprint. It's actually set up perfectly for this. And uh, of course, there's some riders finishing the amateur race. It's their big day in the sun, mm-hmm. um, a long day in the sun because they were at like five and a half hours into their event. But they yeah. do deserve the right to to go. But um, the moto in the middle of the sprint. So like you don't even really get to see Alexi Vermilion win or where anybody else is because there's a bunch of quote-unquote lapped riders, and then there's a moto in the middle. Lifetime Fitness put the video up. I retweeted it on our website, and then um, Lifetime took down the video. So I am looking (laughs) for... There's there's thousands of people that have camera phones out for the finish (laughs) of the biggest mountain bike race in the U.S., and... Someone will post it up, but it was an embarrassing display. And this is not the first time at Lifetime Grand Prix has done this because you will not forget that at Unbound, they still funnel the back markers of the 100 mile race in to the sprint for the 200. And I understand the importance of letting everyone have their moment. But when the race leaders are coming for everyone's safety, is it really that hard to convince a back marker be like hey can you just stand here for like a minute we'll, we'll give you another time because mm-hmm. someone was lucky not to get hurt and it totally took away and it is by far the coolest mountain bike race um reading about some of the race reports and looking at some of the um the coverage that we saw josh bauer uh ryan standish other people's Instagram posts talking about how awesome the race was this year, because the group of, there was a group of like 25 going into fire tower, um, huh. this year. And then into the seven sisters, like they must've been hauling ass and it's a two hour race. It's way different than Leadville and some of these seven or eight hour races. And the fact that, um, Keegan Swenson didn't win to me is like, got out sprinted is just a testament for how crazy the indifferent this event is versus everything else that is in the lifetime Grand Prix, and I'm a little bummed that Emoto slash um, backmarkers kind of had a prof- profound impact on the race.
2: Yeah, I didn't want to mention so. it, but last year when I rolled across for 253rd, uh, there was a moto that got my way too.
1: Got got your way. Um,
2: Whatever place I got. Yeah, no, I so, totally agree, Tim. It is kind of a kind of a mess, and even though they've tried to make it cleaner with the pros going afterwards or cl- cleaner and also more of a show. It, they, I don't know how they haven't figured that, that, that finish out. It that, is so wide. It is, it's like, it's like a football field wide. It's insane. Um, well, that's, what's the best part so about space. the
1: race, right? Is that, and no, there's only a limited portions of single track. Like it's never anything that it's not like the race is just the race for the whole shot. Like you see at a UCI mountain bike world cup. And there's this kind of like, limited passing opportunities. The whole thing is a passing opportunity. If you're willing yeah. to just throw down on some, um, ridiculous grass, but, um, well, congratulations, Alexi 20
2: in. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Congratulations. To Alexi Vermilion. Keegan Swenson is second Cole Patton in third. And then, uh, men's 16th place was Russell Finsterwald. Um, and then on the, uh, women's side, um, we have, as, uh, mentioned earlier, we have, uh, Ruth Edwards followed by um Alexis Scarda who was also a sprint finish in about a minute and a half up on uh Sophia uh, Villafane um who has come over I believe from racing in uh kind of the full um full season and is I believe in the lead overall in the lifetime uh, Grand Prix so pretty cool to see that Schwammigian gets its uh gets its due, but it's definitely um yeah kind of kind of bummer city, for uh kind of the way that the the finish went down.
2: Yeah, hey Tim, thanks for finding the results. Did you have to hack into like the lifetime mainframe and like it's, and like
1: bribe I, somebody? I have and do
2: ten different weird things to figure out results because despite <laughs> being such a big fun race, they it's like they try to hide everything about it.
1: It's, it's pretty still crazy. So hard to um I will say that first place amateur came in at 230. So that'd be 2 hours 30 minutes for first place amateur and um that wouldn't even uh place in the top 100 of the pros. Um it was it was it was pretty uh, pr- pretty pretty far out there. So what um, you are telling me don't get
2: any ideas for next year. You're not racing in the pros, yeah, buddy. Yeah. It's just... Don't think you're. No, it's just joker.
1: I mean <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, t- 230 would put uh would get you in about the top 60 on the uh, the men's side. So, anyway, um friend of the pod. Uh let's give a shout out before we go to prelim lap, but uh Gene Oberpiller, uh, at 61 years old, 30 years to the day of his victory on arguably my favorite bike that's in a Minneapolis bike collection. The Bridgestone xo one with the mustache bars that we have all three of us seen and drooled at with the crazy, uh, um, down, uh, frame pump on the down tube made a day yeah, like stem. returned. I don't know if you saw it, but yeah, soft ride Stem returned back to Schwam Uh, Gene, Amazing. uh, Gene, uh, definitely, I, you know what? I want to see what his finish was. Gene, I'm sorry I'm going to do this to you, but I, I gotta, I gotta look up the results to see, uh, what did uh, Gene end up finishing in? Because we can go back and see. I've got the Schwamigan newspaper um, to see what uh, what finish uh, uh, he would have uh, um, placed in. But yeah, uh, Jane uh, Gene uh, rode the coolest bike ever. So we'll uh, we'll get we'll get that result and uh, and give it a shout out uh, in a little bit. But before we do, let's uh, let's get to the pre
0: I'm Terry Werner, and you're listening to the Slow
1: Rock Podcast. All right, guys, here we are in the pre lap Let's give a shout-out to all the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network, and especially to our good friends over at Criterium Nation, continuing to slay it with the coverage that everyone wants of the U.S. domestic cycling scene. It's um, definitely too hot to trot right now. Uh, normally we were going to put this a little bit later, but uh, Rob Kelly was the first one to tell me that uh, the NCL has basically fired over half of the staff uh, or, and half of the riders on the uh, National Criterium League circuit, and then the, day, the next day they announced a new team in Atlanta, Georgia. Amazing how that works.
2: <laughs> yeah there i love american criterion racing sometimes
1: yeah american criterium the, the racing
0: over there at the uh, criterium nation though rob's got his finger on the pulse
1: and, and no, then does, also um it's a mess yeah <laughs> it's, it's a mess but um uh justin williams got a two-month suspension but he's putting on his race, first race of the crit series is actually going to be in Saint Petersburg in a month um oh, since go? it's a non USA cycle i'm thinking about it maybe i can get a press pass yeah i'd give me a press pass wouldn't you i
2: totally Oh, certainly I mean, will there be other press so, so sure it
1: seems pretty awesome to uh to 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 see so Rob Kelly is doing the heavy lifting right now on reporting in Criterium Racing. And then, of course, our good friends at the Grodio are slaying it. But Cyclocross is back. Don't know if you guys noticed this, but Cyclocross has returned uh. with um, racing in Virginia over the weekend. So no doubt is Cyclocross Radio right around the corner with our dear friend um, Bill Scheichen going to uh, do do the work for it. So, yeah. What a wonderful time at the Wide Angle Podium Network! So head over to wideanglepodium.com to find out more about our selection of shows. Let's get back to the show.
2: Hello, this is Shireen from Wall uh, Street and I don't listen to the podcast. <laughs>
1: All right, looked it up Gino, who is 61 years old, did a three hour and 16 minute Schwam again, which is better than, uh, the three of us combined, um, not as, I mean, I was much closer to his finish than, than you two, but I think we barely broke four hours, I think when we looked it up. So, uh, I yeah, remember. congratulations, Gene <laughs> way to crush it on by far the coolest bike that was in the race. Um, all right, overflowing email bag. I think we need to get to it. Are you guys ready?
0: Uh. I was born uh ready.
2: Spencer, are you ready? Cuz I feel like a lot of this might be directed at you.
1: I
0: am ready.
1: Uh, so so let's let's ease into it. Let's get let's get an easy one here. Um, remember you can always email us at the slow ride Podcast at gmail.com where all of your emails are gratefully received. There's a ton here, so we're just going to start going through it. This first one comes to us from Philip, the slow ride, more like soft ride. Gentlemen, in regards to the brief conversation on the last pod a few weeks back about wanting to refresh an under-celebrated defunct bike brand that you can artificially inflate through the powerful slow ride endorsement. Let's face it. No matter how many fixed gear bikes you buy and pretend that you will one day throw a leg over... Uh We aren't getting any younger, and it's time to embrace the next chapter just before the fully recumbent chapter. What we really need is to focus (laughs) on comfort, (laughs) elevated design, and timeless Mm -hmm. innovation. We need to embrace the kind of innovation in engineering similar to the Saab 9-3 cup holder, where all brain power is focused on solving problems that are not actual problems. Like a Saab, we need a bike that would be ridden by stylish intellectuals and architects the kind of machine that is ignored by the masses but celebrated by the like-minded few. If you know, you yeah, know. I would like to humbly propose that we start being honest with ourselves and admit that the soft ride power curve is, worth, is worthy of our collective affection and should be the new darling of the pod. Note. Yes. I do not have a personal financial dog in the fight. Just the opposite, actually. <laughs> I have been struggling to find one that will fit my six foot four frame, and I'm hoping this will cause some collectors to come out of the woodwork. Love the pod, except for the bits where you talk seriously about bike racing. Keep it up and cheers, your tall friend from Chicago. Are you gentlemen familiar with the soft ride power curve?
2: Yeah, oh. I, I don't know what the power curve is different than another soft ride. I, I got to admit, I don't know my soft ride super be- uh, well, but um, I did just check, and there is a soft ride in Cushing, Minnesota that's pretty far north. I'm not going to drive that far, but only 190 bucks and it would fit me. It's a little painful
1: to see. It would fit you, good, but what about, what about what about Six foot four. No, and how do you size good. a soft ride? How do you size a soft ride?
0: Yeah, I, I feel know, like you, you, sh- you should be able, the able to the put... You just put some spacers underneath there. Like, it should be fine.
1: Like the This is like a whole like
2: soft- integrated seat mass. So you cut it too low you have to <laughs> add a couple of shoes.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Do you do they make a soft ride like an extra extra large soft ride? Because I feel like that would yeah. create like you need to create the beam part to have a higher angle. And then you also need to have a just taller frame, the actual power curve part of the frame.
2: Yeah. Yeah, maybe you can get different beams with different different angles. I'd never were, thought about it before.
0: Were all the frames the same size, and just the beam and the angle were different? Is that how it worked?
2: No, that's what I'm like trying to figure out. I don't know. <laughs> I feel. I, guys, I feel like I, I looked at. They made a they made a burly tandem that had a soft ride in the rear. Oh my so, god! You no, know, I recently purchased the tandem, and and it was. I had a sort of a list of things that were really important, and then I had. A hope and a dream, uh-huh. um, for the, for for all those other things to line up with a soft ride version. But I never I never found the one I have is working so, great for what I need. The soft ride wouldn't have helped. All right.
1: Anyway. So soft ride bikes I from Bellingham, bikes. Washington. There's Bellingham, something there. Washington.
0: Yeah, I feel like we are uh, not well enough versed in the soft ride, but I think there's an intriguing idea there um, I that maybe. Because, I mean, think about it this way. No one else is going to put any value on these things until we've cornered the market already. And then, once it starts skyrocketing, we're, uh, you know, we're Scrooge McDucking over here in all of our soft rides.
1: So, soft ride. Everyone should jump on it. Um, can we just give a shout-out to Washington State Bicycle Manufacturing in the uh, the early 2000s? Yeah, um, it was on. Not only did they have... Uh, little-known cycling company that no one should really buy Klein bicycles um, from Chihalis, uh Washington. You have um, SoftRide. And then it's kind of continued because Transition Bikes is from up there uh, right now. Um, but anyways, transition yeah. Bikes so Bikes uh,
2: Transition Lenses? Because I, I heard there's a guy in Bellingham <laughs> who has the largest collection of Transition Lenses. Wow. Yeah. Do you think he wears I, them when he goes to fight fires?
1: I hope that's the (laughs) truth.
2: (laughs) Because, like, that is an actual application where they might be pretty good, you know? It's too bright, it's too dark. It's, I mean,
0: I'm afraid the kids are too young to understand your reference,
1: little guy.
2: (laughs) I don't want to help the kids. If you know, you know.
0: Oh, man.
1: This next email comes to us from Sean. By the way, Sean, love that your signature is in Comic Sans. Well done. Uh, More Maryland classic insight. Greetings from your other Birmingham listener, not named Jonathan Crane. A little more insight into the Maryland cycling classic. After Mateus blistered an attack and went off the front, Toms was patrolling the group to make sure no one jumped across. At least he was, until he was, or more correctly, his rear tire found a nail on the course. Was that Uh nail thrown down by Mateus as he left the group in the hopes of slowing down a chase? Did the team car drop it as he scurried up the road to follow Mateus, leaving Tom's to fend for himself? Mm. Or was it just Mm -hmm. a super low... (laughs) Or was it just a super low-budget protest because a whole (laughs) box of nails is pricey these days? The world may never know. With that next group chasing hard at a top-five spot of the line, unfortunately, there was no time during the wheel change to discuss the latest Slow Ride podcast. But maybe next time, Tom's maybe next time um, I love the idea of just a single nail but then the race was in Baltimore so um, you know maybe there's a nail factory there and it fell off the truck Possible. I've seen I've seen the wire things fall off the truck season two greatly under um, appreciated season That's um, you know, yeah, I, I, it's great I have having another Bir- listener from Birmingham by the way
0: certainly the precision required to perfectly place a nail knowing where Tom's is going to be you'd have to have studied his form for years and uh, so I mean it makes perfect sense really that uh, that someone was out to get him you know so um, Tom's we, we feel your pain uh, it makes sense you had that in the bag if not for some super villain who has clearly had an agenda out to uh, ruin your race
1: oh man what a great, great time! The crab cake. Probably didn't see the uh, the old uh, nail in the tire, but um, Tom's friend of the pod, Sean. Thank you for listening from Birmingham, and do me a favor. Head over to Domestic Coffee for some of the best coffee in the Southern United States. Um, all right, uh, Spencer, are you ready for this, or should we just delay the inevitable?
0: bring. I mean, yeah.
1: Let's let's well, go. Let's I... delay it. So the new listener and supporter just- here, I'm new to your podcast and loving it. I've binged a couple, okay, like 10 in three days. Whoa. And regarding vegan food and the potatoes, that was a brilliant story. <laughs> I would have lost my shit in that line, especially the women who ordered the last four in front of me. But Spencer from Holyoke, you should definitely try to go to Pulse and Amherst. I'm not vegan or vegetarian, but have a vegetarian daughter at UMass. I love the food there. Just had the Southern Comfort Bowl last night. So good. So Spencer, have you been to Pulse in Amherst?
0: I have absolutely been to Pulse. Yes. Oh wow, okay. Oh, cool. Second, and regarding potatoes, potatoes are very good. They have yeah. potatoes yeah. and they're quite good. And they came right.
1: in a, a reasonable amount of time. <laughs> <I'm shocked. laughs> Second, regarding the e powered tandem bikes, I'm not affiliated in any way, but check out the Scarper. It turns any disc brake bike into an e bike. This product is in pre-order, so we don't know if it works. Oh, I, that's my segment is like I don't know if it works, but pretty cool to see. Is this like what they do in Formula One, Spencer, where they take the energy of the disc brakes and build up the the curves, and then
0: I don't know why you Maybe? asked me this, as if I know. Okay. I, well, I, I have no idea. Um, I am but Chris. Still... Ho- Chris
1: Hoy is involved.
0: I'm still on the uh, vegan places in Amherst, so I'm just gonna say, <laughs> you know, next time you're hanging out uh, over there. You know, trying to impress your vegetarian or vegan uh, uh college student. Um, head on over to the humble peach. Little known, kinda new. The humble peach all vegan. The humble peach. Very good. There you go.
1: Chris Breakfast make sure sandwich. there. Killer. So uh Chris uh Chris goes on to say, Thanks for uh making the long drives uh super interesting and entertaining. Can't believe he's been missing this audio gold for so many years. Uh Yeah, maybe a few <laughs> too many years, uh, Chris. But Chris does leave with a, a dad joke of the century to only impress his daughter, no less. If you're ever interested in doing some gravel riding in southern Vermont or northwestern Massachusetts, reach out. You can find me on Strava as the Sofa King. I have some routes that are Sofa King beautiful.
0: Oh. Oof. Bravo. Bravo.
1: Bravo, yeah. All right.
0: Bravo, bravo. I was uh, I was just in Vermont this past weekend. Much further north, the Kingdom yeah, you Trails. Were up in, um, you're up in the Kingdom Trails,
1: yeah. Yeah. Still, yeah. Still pretty awesome. Do they remember the weekend when I went there and slayed it? They
0: still talk about you, yeah. They're yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. Tim guy who who rode the brakes all the way down uh, <laughs> some of the best trails here.
1: Well done, well done, yeah.
0: Man, yeah. Some say on a clear night when the wind is just right, you can still smell the brake pads burning.
1: Peter Johnson emails us and says, Nutmeg State, Uh through and through New Englander here, third generation New Hampshire, born on both sides. Lived in Connecticut from 5 to 18, Rhode Island from five years after college, and I grew up ski racing all over Vermont and Maine. Everything you said about Connecticut is correct and earned. Nobody likes Connecticut, especially the people from there. Central Connecticut is the demilitarized zone in the perpetual New york boston Cold War. Everyone must choose a side. Connecticut is definitely part of New England, but it is one of the flatland states. There's a difference. You should be able to get... From anywhere to Hartford in 45 minutes, but either the road doesn't exist or there's an obnoxious <laughs> construction happening. It will take this you about true. three hours to cross the stupid rectangle <laughs> on any major highway, even at 3am.
0: It's shocking. Connecticut is a special place.
1: Every state in New England has a different ranking of the six, but it's like someone else making fun of your siblings. You will all gang up on them and only New England gets to make fun of New England. Go Bruins. Peter stuck in North Carolina until New Hampshire calls me home. And as a, as the only true new Englander on this podcast. Well, okay. Go ahead. If you're born in Rhode Island, you can claim Rhode Island forever. Um, Connecticut's definitely number six on my own ranking. Um, I've, I've, I've pulled a couple of people from new England all had Connecticut or Maine five or six on the, uh, on the old uh, rankings there. Um, Jeff Diefenbach, Velodromes and Treehouses, gentlemen of New England. I'm co-president of 545 Velo, one of the largest cycling teams in New England. We were recently approached by a group gauging interest in a velodrome in Boston, or at least the greater Boston area. So it's not just the nutmeg state. And as for treehouses, our team will be out in force at the Treehouse Cross Race in South Deerford, Massachusetts on Saturday, November 4th. We look forward to seeing Spencer there again this year. You <laughs> must have missed him last year.
2: Yeah. yeah I must have missed him.
1: I don't know what happened. Yeah. You're going to be at the race this year, Spencer?
0: Treehouse is is a great. It's part of the Pioneer Valley or River Valley uh, cyclecross series that we got. Five race series out here, all in my backyard. It's amazing. Great stuff.
1: Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Can't wait to to see you there. Uh, yeah, yeah. I should I,
2: the coverage. I can't wait for the. I'm
0: yeah, we're waiting for. Uh, we're we're through two rounds already. Um, oh, I'm not wow. doing great in the standings. Um, <laughs> but you could drop. So you could
2: drop for, two
1: races, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. You can drop two. Still going to get those tires glued up, and you'll be out there, I'm sure.
1: It's the status of Connecticut. Gentlemen, as a born Uh-oh. and raised masshole who has lived in Rhode Island, the status of Connecticut has changed over time. What used to be a member of New England has slowly been co-opted by the evil empire of New York. So mm-hmm. it is now more New York than New England. Think of it like Anakin Skywalker. He used to be a Jedi, <laughs> but is now a Sith Lord. The Emperor, in this case, is New York City. As for the other states, Massachusetts is really three states with I-495 and Worcester as the borders. Inside 495 is Boston. Outside 495 to Worcester is Massachusetts, but with influences from the neighboring states. West of Worcester is overt weirdness that more aligns to Vermont than with Boston. Yes. Rhode Island is a little brother of Massachusetts that has a big chip on its shoulder about its size, but is a reliable partner in crime.
0: I have proven that
1: yeah, 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 <laughs> on this yeah, very
0: yeah. podcast, Tim.
1: Yeah. New Hampshire is the brother that went away for college and has some different ideas about culture and politics, but at the end of the day is still solid. <laughs> Maine is the cousin that likes to do their own thing, but you want them around because they're guaranteed to bring beer and fireworks to the family barbecue. Mm. Vermont is the cousin <laughs> that fully embraced the weirdness, and so we must seriously consider including them because they'll wear Birkenstocks with a suit and will be stoned for the family picture. Mm-hmm. But now I live in Florida and have embraced the I-don't-have-to-shovel-in-the-winter shovel mindset. I make sure I call my family in Massachusetts whenever I see they got 12 inches of humidity dumped on them, because that's how mass holes roll. Now I'll go back to searching the interse- internet for episode 400, which I'm sure is on the little guy's only fans page. <laughs> Mark, Mark in Jacksonville, Florida. I
2: hadn't considered
1: that. Uh, yeah, check. I hadn't
2: either. I hadn't thought about that either.
1: <laughs> oh, this is a br- this this email might be going into the the podcast um, um, Hall of Fame from my uh, look. So, Mark, a uh, friend of Jacksonville, we talked a lot about Jacksonville. I'll be taking the Mayport Ferry at the end of October. If you're if you're out and uh, you know just hanging out the Mayport Ferry, it's one of the last uh, car ferries in all of Florida still operating. Make sure you check it out. Um, but thanks for the uh, email. Uh, we so, got uh, one. We got a Spencer, man. All we got to do is just pick on Connecticut because they come out of the woodwork. We still haven't seen anybody defending Connecticut. Yeah, I'm, still, I'm saying I'm
0: coming is, out pretty squeaky yeah. clean so far here.
1: Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey hits us up. The Nutmeg State. As someone who was born in Rhode Island and raised in Vermont, I can confirm that Connecticut is definitely the lowest ranked of the New England states. However, while it is clearly a suburb of New York City, as noted by the shift from Red, Hawk, Red Sox hats and car stickers to Yankees trash, Connecticut does have plenty of cycling provenance to offer. We cannot forget that Cannondale was born in Wilton. You uh-huh. yourselves have been trying to make vintage Cannondales a thing to relieve the uh-huh. price pressure on Klein's goodness knows what available what amazing merch sits in the basement there also who can forget Curtis White's crowning moment at cross Nats in the snow in Hartford last season That's and let's not forget that um wh- what was the uh, uh uh Floridian psychocross superstar Stephen Hyde winning in Hartford that Spencer had the video that all of the internet took without credit? So a also weird way
0: uh of saying um from East Hampton right over the hill from where I am, what's that where Stephen Hyde is from he's, where he claims he's from, <laughs> he's from Pensacola,
1: Florida mm.
0: all right, but yeah, it did happen in Hartford. I had the video um seen around the world on all the Vela so, news so,
1: <laughs> so some so so Jeff is doing his best to mm-hmm. support. Connecticut, while also giving the right amount of shade that it is still the lowest of all the ranked Connecticut states or of uh, New England states. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Oh, here we go. Stephen. <clears throat> hey, guys. I heard on the pod that Hartford wants a velodrome, but New, Amp- New Hampshire already has one in Londonderry, the New England velodrome. I have seen this, the, the London uh, Londonderry uh, velodrome. I've been there. Spencer, have you been there yet?
0: I haven't been there, um, but uh, I've been invited. I just haven't uh, made it. And then, you know, New Hampshire's a long way away. Somehow.
2: Uh, yeah. Well,
1: I have a track bike. If you want soon. me to, you want me to bring it up. Um, but Stephen, uh, thank you for that. And then Stephen did follow up with a more encompassing email on, okay. um Connecticut, and I am opening that one up right now. So Stephen writes us. Connecticut is not New England. Even Toyota knows Connecticut is not worthy to be called New England. And this one's pretty brilliant. It is a picture of New England with Connecticut conspicuously missing. It's a Toyota ad, and it just calls the New England five-state event. Five-state sales event. So even Toyota is not giving... Shine well, that's the
2: final word. If the marketing department of a major Japanese car company <laughs> doesn't believe Connecticut's part of New England, then
0: well, so I I I do think uh, a good point was made though about Cannondale uh, being there in uh, in Connecticut. I have been. That is one place I have visited uh, the Cannondale campus. I've been in the building, toured around, been in their locker rooms. Very nice facilities for the uh, employees there. So. uh pretty good setup
1: is everything but, uh, is everything like that neon green color
0: every everything's that neon green
1: color yeah, yeah. it's not that like cannondale
2: the, blue like that light cannondale blue the vintage blue that's too bad no no,
1: no
0: it's green it's uh, the green um that's good
2: we haven't but mentioned that uh lachlan just did the divide in some silly amount of yeah, time, speaking of cannondale let's
1: let's get back to the cannondale thing real quick spencer do they have seiko <laughs> coffee machines <laughs>
0: The, uh, you know, I don't. Uh, I cannot confirm. I I don't know what they've got.
1: Yeah. So if they don't have the coffee machines, if they don't have the coffee machines, can you confirm if they have the jail for when all of the Cannondales were not legal to be ridden?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Actually, most of it is a jail. Um, just bikes in prison is. It was a really
1: weird vibe at uh, the whole place. Yes,
2: it was six
1: thirteen. That's the only way they could afford yeah. American manufacturing. Is that what you are saying? That's what they've been mm-hmm. saying. So yeah. Oh yeah. man, the, well, the prison industrial complex. Yeah, wow, way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, little guy, you did bring it up. Uh, Lachlan Martin uh, just absolutely slayed the tour divide. Um, Mm -hmm. but it won't count because it was documented. We've talked about this rule that the Tour Divide has where like it's kind of like, does it happen if no one sees it? Because you're not allowed to take photos or any idea that you're getting any type of support along the way. Mm -hmm. Um, The famous uh, incident was uh, Lael Wilcox absolutely slaying it and Mm -hmm. her partner meeting, who's also a documentarian, Taking photos of Leo along the course, and then uh, folks just freaking out that um, someone could, uh, that Leo could put down such a fast time. Lachlan goes out there and just absolutely slayed it in a crazy yeah. kind of, what was it like, every 48 hours, he would sleep for 12? Like it was, was kind of a, that? it seemed like the schedule, like there was like a legitimate schedule yeah. into like taking full, like, full off the bike rest breaks. Whereas when the yeah. bigger um, folks were doing it earlier this year, they were kind of doing more like cat naps here and there.
2: Hmm. Yeah. It sounded like, I mean, maybe he's, maybe he's just getting old. <laughs> wants to sleep a little bit just b- between his absolutely uh huge mile crushing. But it's also just like, it just sounds terrible to not sleep. like long rides. Like that sound fun, but man, I just want to sleep.
1: Do you think More the folks team. that are in the tour divide community like hate this? That Lachlan just oh, and they're like, absolutely. oh, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, it doesn't count because he had he had a drone coverage. The
0: drone could know. have been dropping
1: in power bars the whole time. You yeah, don't know. It could have been, <laughs> been actually. You know totally what? I, if he was getting power bars like the 1990s nutritional snack, the power bars like eating a mm-hmm. like a, the eraser from your high school classroom yeah the chalkiest of all things is that really a benefit
2: that's a good point i mean if any of the pictures of him doing it are to judge he was just eating like jars of pickles and like weird things at gas (laughs) stations and stuff so like i don't know that it would have been pretty hilarious in the spirit of the ride yeah he's got a full
1: little guy it would have been pretty hilarious if like he couldn't continue because his hand got stuck in a pickle jar
2: i mean that would be a weird that would be one of the yeah. weirder reasons to have to stop any sort of bike event
1: or like or he missed the time because yeah mm-hmm. it could have been great he would have found himself yeah. in a real pickle
2: he would have found himself in a real real pickle
1: yeah <sighs> well, guys i don't know of...
0: you're making such a big deal out of this whole
1: thing hey come oh, on jokes boy. are my bread and butter pal all right just, just back off when it comes uh, to Slow Ride All right, podcast. you guys, as
2: much as I relish this time, I believe we need to move <laughs> wow. on and finish the podcast. <laughs> wow.
1: Close. And with that, we'd like to thank all the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head over to wideanglepodium.com. We'd also like to thank the countless emails, none of which defended the state of Connecticut, found our way into our overflowing Slow Ride Podcast at, email, at gmail.com email account. So once again, email us at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com where all of your emails are gratefully received. It's always the highlight of the show. And with that in the, in the city, beautiful celebrating September as a member, as I'm sitting on the Coos bus doesn't really work. This is Tim. Uh,
2: This is Matt in America, which is the home of Sep Coos, the, 2023 volta champion
0: mm-hmm. the re- recursive uh star of american <laughs> cycling uh, oh, man.
2: Um,
0: yeah. uh this is this is spencer in in massachusetts just 45 short minutes away from connecticut um reminding you to always wave and all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road, even in Connecticut. The Slow Ride Podcast. bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com
2: and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod.